0: And I believe this is a very timely study, because everywhere we look, we recognize the enemy's operation. We recognize that there is a battle taking place, and we have a choice. We can engage the darkness, we can be the light in the midst of the darkness, so we can let the darkness overwhelm us. But it's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to be the light. We're going to be the salt. We're going to see the darkness push back. Amen? In this study, we've uh, looked at several things. Aren't you thankful that we, we began clarifying that God has given us spiritual weapons? And our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God's given us weapons of mass destruction in the spiritual realm. There's nothing that we can face of the enemy, church, that God is not enabling us to overcome. Because greater is He who's in us than He who's in this world. Amen? I two or three people are excited about that today. Hey, I've read the end of the word, and guess what? We win! And until that final defeat of the enemy, He's going to be under our feet. I'm going to stomp on His puny little head in the name of Jesus. I'm tired of what He's doing. And I know that Christ is greater. Amen? So join me again in this great passage. We're going to read through it in uh, chapter 6. Beginning with verse 10. Let's read through it again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Notice Paul says, the whole armor. Don't go into battle with just a shield. Don't go into battle with just a helmet. Go into battle fully equipped. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. That means to stand against the strategies, the lies of the enemy. Stand on God's truth. Stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Withstand the evil around us. The things that are happening. The hardships. The the perils. The annoyances in life. The things that cause pain. The things that are troubling to us. The things that are physically bad. The things that we experience. We can withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, And the way that's worded there means that we're preparing to stand because we know that there's a battle. So we're preparing spiritually for that battle. Verse 14 Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. We talked about that. Girding your waist with truth. What is the truth? The truth is Jesus. It's the Word of God. And that is the key element. That's where the armor begins, church. Because the the loin belt is what connected all the armor and held the uniform together. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the Gospel of Peace. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We ask You to bless this Word to our hearts and lives today. That when we leave this place, Lord, we will have been encouraged by You. Lord, we, our, our hearts will have been changed by You. Lord, that we would leave this place suited up in the full armor of God, ready to push back the enemy in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's important as we look at this shield of faith today that we remember that the Roman shield was connected to the loin belt. There was a a little clasp that the, the shield would hang on when it wasn't being held by the Roman soldier. It was connected to the loin belt. And the small clip there would hold it where it was ready to use. Now the loin belt is representative, we've already talked about it, of the Word of God. And there's... A picture of the the shield is is representative, Paul tells us, of faith. So I want you to understand how that faith and the Word of God go together. They are held together. One depends upon the other. Our faith depends upon the Word of God. Our faith is based in the Word of God. And if you show me someone who isn't in the Word of God, who doesn't regularly study God's Word, I will show you someone who is struggling in their faith. They go together. If we're going to have strong faith in the the Lord, if we're going to have faith that is a, a shield before us in times when the enemy is going to come and we're in battle, if we're going to have a shield that's going to protect us and enable us to defeat the enemy, then we must be people of the Word. Amen? If we fail to give the Word of God the rightful place that it is due, the, the priority that it should have in our lives, then it's only a matter of time before our faith is weakened and we're not ready for battle. And you say, Pastor, I know you preach about the Word of God all the time. Church, if you're not in the Word, you're going to be weak. Bottom line. The shield was attached to the loin belt. All the other armor, the loin belt held it together. And you say, well, Pastor, you you, you started with that, and I've heard that. Yes, but I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it again. Because there are way too many Christians that come to church, and the only word that they hear is on Sunday morning, or Sunday night, or Wednesday night. And so your faith is weak and you're wondering why you're struggling and it's directly related to the portion of time that you spend in God's Word and that you know God's Word. Are you with me? We have to be people of the Word. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We've all heard that. We've all read that. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. What I want you to notice about that verse, it doesn't say that our our faith comes from one time of hearing God's Word in the past. It's hearing it. It's now. It's tomorrow. It's every day of our lives. It should be constant in our lives. And our faith grows. Our faith is strong. And we're ready for battle because we know the Word of God. It's hidden in our hearts. And that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? You say, Pastor, that's pretty fundamental. When I was a basketball coach, one of the things that I taught my kids was the fundamentals. We would spend the majority of practice not on fancy plays, not on new... uh, ways of doing things but what we would do church we would focus on the fundamentals that they would get the fundamentals in them and they would learn every fundamental so that when they went in to play the game the fundamentals came naturally and it made them better players and so that's i'm a coach and i'm coaching you as my team take care of the fundamentals amen The verse that we're focusing on again is verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith. And we're going to come to that later. The term there that Paul used, above all. What does that mean? Does it mean that faith is the most important? We're going to see. The shield of faith with which you will be able, and that's an important phrase too, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I love the word all. All the fiery darts. There's not one fiery dart of the enemy that can be successful against you if your shield of faith is strong and ready in battle. Amen? The Roman soldiers had mainly just two kinds of shields. One was a very decorative, very beautiful shield and it. And it was round about like this. It was, it was a small shield and they would take the shield and they would use it in their parades. They would use it in their, their, their times of just public uh, being seen and being the Roman army. And, and uh, they would kind of parade themselves around. And it was decorative. It wasn't a good shield for battle because it was only this big. And something else about this shield is that it was normally very decorative and they they would take artists and they would draw beautiful scenes of past Roman victories on their shield. But this shield wasn't the shield they went into battle with. The shield that they used to go into battle with was a much larger shield. And, church, I think many of us as Christians, and when we have our shield of faith, it's, it's, it's comparable to the small Roman shield because it looks pretty on the outside, but it's no good when you get into a battle. It may have decorative things on it about past victories. But God doesn't want us looking at the past victories. He wants us marching forward into battle and experiencing brand new victories. The second shield. It's interesting. The name that Thureos was the name that was used. And it's Greek and it's for a reference To a door. That's what the the Greeks meant by it. But the Romans called their battle shield a door. Why? Because it was wide and because it was tall. Because it would completely protect them. And church, that's the shield that Paul is referring to. That's the shield that we need as believers in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Not some tiny little decorative thing that people look and say, oh, you've got faith. Oh, years ago, you won a battle. No, they need to see, you've got a shield of faith. You're entering into battle. You're going forward. You're going to stomp down the enemy. Amen? You're going to make a difference not only in your life, but your faith's going to make a difference in other lives. The Romans used this word for those shields. And those are the shields that they carried with them in battle. Now the second shield speaks of faith that completely covers us. It's like this battle shield. And that's what Paul's speaking about. In the majority of cases, the Roman soldier's shield was composed of multiple layers, usually six layers of animal hide. want you to think about that anybody that's ever skinned a moose you know what I'm talking about thick tough hide and the the animal hides would be tanned a certain way for their strength and pliability and then they would be taken and they would be woven very very tightly and it would be covering a thin wooden shield normally and so this shield would be very strong in battle. And I want you to know, church, God has given you a measure of faith. And as you read His Word, that faith grows. That faith matures. And the faith that we have is strong and it's pliable, but when we get into battle, we don't need to worry because we're covered by that shield of faith and the devil can't penetrate it. It's tough. It's tough. Now most of us know that leather can be brittle. Any baseball players here? (laughs) You know that as a baseball player and you've got a beautiful leather glove that you have to anoint that glove with oil. You have to take care of that glove a certain way so that it doesn't dry out, so that it doesn't begin to crack, so it doesn't begin to fall apart. And if you've ever gone to a garage sale and found someone's old glove that they threw in the attic and left it there for years without oiling it, you'll see that the leather is cracking, that it, the leather is hardened, and that it begins to fall apart. Now I want you to think about that. Because the the, the Romans' shield was made of leather, they had to take care of it. And there were two important things I want us to note about taking care of their shield. First of all, they were given a schedule of maintenance for their shield. So every morning, a Roman soldier would get a small vial of oil and he would get a rag and he would soak that rag thoroughly with oil and then he would rub it into his shield he would rub it into every nook and cranny of that shield and he would make sure that it was taken care of that it was soft that it was pliable in church there's a picture there for us because the bible talks about us being anointed with oil in the old testament they would anoint the kings and the prophets and we're told in the New Testament that we have an anointing from the Holy One. The word anointing actually means to rub in. And the oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And what it's saying there, church, is that our faith needs a fresh touch of God's anointing every single day. Amen? Don't, don't relax and just think, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just relax and I had an encounter with Jesus years ago. Years ago, I I was struggling and I didn't know the Lord and I encountered Him. He cleansed me, He saved me, and He just transformed my life. And it doesn't mean that you stop there. We need a daily encounter with Jesus. We need a shield that's anointed. And that anointing comes from the Holy Spirit. In church, you need to make time every day for God to give you a fresh touch from heaven. Because He loves you. He wants to minister to you. He wants you to experience a fresh touch from heaven. How many believe that? Amen. Where's Mary? Mary, come up here. Mary, we had a, a prayer meeting in Talkeetna last week. And Mary received a fresh touch from heaven, and I want her to share that with you, right quick. In
1: 2017, November, I was in Phoenix, and I breathed, and I got uh, something bad out of the soil. It went into my lungs, and it grew into a fungus. I had over 50 spores in my lungs. It was. We came home. I was so sick, and many times I was close to death. One time I was actually dying. I knew I was. And I heard my husband calling my name, Mary, Mary. Only problem was, he wasn't home. So it wasn't him. It was the Lord bringing me back. Well, anyways, it was almost three years. Many of you prayed for me and kept me going. Well, I went to this prayer um, retreat in Talketon and they prayed for me like a lot of people. And I felt like God did something in, in me. And I had a doctor's appointment on a Saturday morning, the next morning. And I went and I saw a pulmonologist for the very first time. And he said, I will stake my medical license on this. You no longer have valley fever. And I have been fine ever since. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Amen.
0: We simply prayed and we prayed with faith. We didn't give up. Mary didn't give up. She was struggling with this for three years. And then just at a little prayer meeting where some of our elders and deacons got together and we believed God. God touched her. And her doctor says, God totally healed you. (laughs) I love that. He said he would state his medical license on that. Church, if you need a fresh touch from heaven, God wants to meet you at that point of that need. Amen? He wants to meet you with a fresh anointing in your life. A fresh touch from heaven. The second thing in this that we see, the soldiers gave daily maintenance in keeping that shield oiled. There was a fr- And it represents just a fresh touch from heaven. But I want us to see something else that they did. Before they went into battle, they would take their large shield and they would put it in a tank of water. And they would let it soak until it was completely saturated. Completely saturated. And you say, well, Pastor, I understand the oil and taking care of the the leather, and I I certainly see the spiritual significance of having God's anointing, a fresh touch from heaven on our lives, but what does the water have to do with It's because the enemy was shooting arrows with fire. And the marvelous thing about this is that They were saturated with water so that it didn't matter how many fiery arrows came and hit and struck their target and hit the shield, the shield would extinguish every single one. How many like that idea? Amen. Well, what does that mean? Pastor, what is what does the water represent? Well, I think it represents again the word of God. Because in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, you know, just in the chapter before this, Paul writes, the washing of the water by the word. And I, I think that it's significant. Because not only do we need a fresh touch from heaven every day, we need a shield of faith that is saturated with the Word of God. That will extinguish every fiery arrow of the enemy. It doesn't matter how many arrows he shoots your way, your shield is so saturated with the Word of God, and the Word of God is greater than all the arrows of the enemy. Amen? Now, I want us to think about this. In verse 16, Paul starts off this way. He says, above all. Above all. And and in the Greek word there, the meaning of it isn't what we normally think it is. We think that it means the most important. But it doesn't. The idea of the word in the Greek is in front of all or covering all in other words paul's saying that our shield of faith should totally cover us it should go out in front of us and too many times christians here's our shield of faith we're, we're just kind of going through life dragging our shield oh woe is me Instead of saying, hey, I've got a shield of faith, and I'm behind that shield. That shield is in front of me. That shield is anointed by God. It's saturated in the Word of God. And I'm going forward in the name of Jesus. I'm going forward. So the idea here is that you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The word will be able in the original Greek comes from the word dunamis, which means power. It means supernatural power. In fact, dunamis is translated miracles, I think, nine times in the book of Acts. So what is it saying? It's saying when we have that shield of faith, when our shield of faith is anointed with the the presence of the Holy Spirit, when our shield of faith is saturated in the Word of God, that we it puts us in a position to quench all those fiery darts, to push forward, to win the battle. That we win the battle. And I'm so frustrated as a pastor to see so many Christians that aren't living life with a Roman shield that's a door in front of them, going forward and saying, we're going to trample down the enemy. We're not going to take it anymore. God's plan is for us to rule in this life. To have dominion. He makes it clear in the very first of Genesis when He created man. He says, I'm giving you dominion over everything. And then man believed the lie of Satan and man fell. And guess what? That dominion shifted over to the enemy. He's the prince and the power of the air. He's the ruler of the darkness. He is the one that rules unless we welcome the rule of the living God into our lives and through our lives and reestablish right relationship the way that God intended. And that's what He's calling us to do, church. He's calling us to be part of His warrior team to go forward with shields of faith and to push back the enemy. I love that. So when you hold that shield of faith in front of you, it's anointed with the Holy Spirit. It's saturated by the Word of God. Your faith has positioned you to move in God's dynamic power. I want to ask you, do you believe for miracles? Do you pray for miracles? Do you ask God to to work through you to see miracles? I was sitting uh, at lunch with a a pastor this week and he was going into surgery. He said, I've got a surgery coming up. He said, I've got a torn rotator disc. The surgeon said there's not anything he can do. If I don't do anything, it's going to get worse. And I said, oh, really? And he looked at me and he said, have you had any surgeries? And I looked at him and said, no, I've never spent a night in the hospital. And he said, you've never had anything happen? I said, oh, I've had things happen. I said, years ago, I was being silly in a ninja course and jumping over people and landing on the floor and, you know, weighing 250 pounds. It didn't work out too well. I said, I, I dove over a guy and, and came down on my shoulder and I ripped it. I said, I had a torn rotator cuff. I, I, I said, I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't even lift my arm much higher than that without excruciating pain. And I needed surgery. But at the time, Melinda and I were poor pastors. We didn't have any insurance. We didn't have any money. And so I trusted Jesus. And it didn't happen instantly. But every day, I would pray. And I would claim the Word of God. And I would say, Lord, I'm not going to settle for anything less. You have promised that you are the Lord that heals by your stripes we were healed you paid for it on the cross I'm claiming these promises in your word we would con- I would continue to pray every day and guess what the pain eventually went away and guess what I can raise my arm just like normal and I never had surgery it tore the rotator cuff massively another time I tore my my meniscus and I went to the doctor and I said, you know, I I could hardly put any weight on it. You know, I was hobbling around and Melinda wanted to go to Walmart and they didn't have a buggy for me to ride in and I was sitting there looking like Chester, you know. (laughs) And it was killing me. And I went to the doctor, he examined me, he said, yeah, your meniscus is torn. He says, if you don't do anything, it's not going to get better. And I said, oh yeah. I said, I'm going to try prayer first because I don't want anybody cutting on me. It didn't happen again overnight. But every day, I would continue to pray, Lord, I'm trusting Your Word. I'm standing on Your Word. And again, when you're 250 pounds and you've got a torn meniscus, it doesn't work out very good. We had a two-story house, the parsonage at the time, It was difficult going up and down the stairs. It was difficult for me to preach. Do you know I never missed one Sunday of preaching? I hobbled in early and sat on the front. And then when it was my time, I'd sit there until it was time to preach and then I'd hobble up to the pulpit and I'd preach. And over the next few weeks, it got better and the pain went away over the next few months. And today it's perfectly normal. Church, believe God, believe His Word. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doctors or nurses or having surgery, don't get me wrong. I thank God for the doctors and the surgeons, the nurses, and I believe they're a gift from God. And I know that God many times uses doctors and nurses. Many of them I've encountered are Christians, and they would pray. But I'm, I, my point in all of this is that you can trust in God's Word and you can trust in that anointing in, on your shield of faith and you can march forward no matter what you're facing. Amen? In 1 Peter 1, verse 5, the Scripture says that we are kept by the power of God through faith. That shield of faith has the power of God. So what are the fiery darts, Pastor? In Roman times, there were mainly three types of of, uh, fiery arrows or arrows. The first type of arrows would be something that we would see Kim using in uh, center point. Or center shot, excuse me, center shot. There would be just a normal looking arrow that we would shoot and you don't think much about it. That, That was the normal arrow. That was what they would normally use in just normal individual combat. But the second arrow they would take and they would dip it in tar. Then they would light it on fire and then they would shoot it at the enemy. So that was one of the type of fiery darts. But there was a third type of arrow that was in this time considered an a, 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 an arrow that would just bring tremendous fear upon the enemy it was a weapon of terror and it would actually be filled with with a combustible fluid that when it was be launched and it would hit the fluid would expand and it would ignite and it would just bring a a massive area of flames. And that's the arrow that Paul's talking about. He calls them fiery darts. And this type of arrow wouldn't normally be used in everyday combat. It was used when uh, the army was fortified. Everybody say fortified. In other words, when they were surrounded or encamped, And they were protected. That's when they would lob these bombs, so to speak, of that era. And they would lob them. And you couldn't tell. One of the worst things about these arrows was the fact that just looking at these arrows with the naked eye, you couldn't see the difference as they were launched and flying. You couldn't tell that the arrow was filled with the combustible fluid. So they would take the... the, uh, army by surprise and there's there's a message there church because that's what the enemy is trying to do to us because we are fortified in christ and and we're not giving the enemy a hold or a place in our lives amen we're we're doing our best to live for jesus we're reading the word we're spending time in prayer we're doing all the the disciplines that god calls us to do so we're, we're fortified and we're not giving the enemy any access against us. So what does He do? He launches these combustible arrows, these bombs, and He tries to lodge them in our mind and our emotions. And if we don't deal with them, they become strongholds. And if we, if we continue to believe the lies, and I'm going to give you an example of some of the lies. Some of the lies... We've talked about this many times, but some of these arrows would be I'll pick on Harold. The enemy would lie to him. The enemy would say, "Harold, God can never use you because you've made mistakes in your past." And that's, a, that's an arrow that the enemy would lodge into our mind. And if we don't deal with that arrow and we give in to it and begin to believe that lie, then guess what? It's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because Scripture in Proverbs says that as a, man, as a man thinks, so is he. So we have to be careful because the enemy will launch these things and the enemy will tell you your, your marriage is going to fail or your finances, you're going to lose your job. You're going to end up on the streets. The enemy will lie to you and say you're no good. God doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a purpose for you. He loves everybody else in the world except for you. And if we allow those arrows to come in and we begin to believe them and we don't deal with them, then we're liable to end up seeing them fulfilled in our lives. And so that's why we must make sure that we're going forward and we're not allowing those arrows that have that combustible, fiery purpose of the enemy to be accomplished in our lives. Now the word wicked, they come from the wicked one. The word wicked in the original language carries this idea. Sorrow, pain, evil, malicious, ill, or vicious. That's who the enemy is. That's what he wants to do to us. But our shields are greater than all the evil of the wicked one. It's greater than all the sorrow that we may encounter. It's greater than our pain. It's greater than any evil. Greater than any malicious attack or viciousness of the enemy. That's the shield of faith we have that's anointed by God and saturated by the Word. Do you believe that? Finally, a Roman soldier would carry this shield into battle. And if it was a one-on-one battle, that was fine. But many times, there was a mass army and he couldn't uh, protect himself with just a shield. So what would the Romans do? On the side of these shields, there would be a hinge, a place where they could come alongside and they could connect. George, come here and help me. So here I am, I'm into battle. I realize there's a massive army ahead of me. So I say, George, you need to join with me. I'm going to take my shield and I'm going to hinge it to your shield. And then George and I would be hinged together. And then he would get the next brother. And he would say, Keith. Now you hinge your shield to Keith. Okay? And before long, there was a massive wall of Roman soldiers that were marching out onto the battlefield and their shields were all connected. And then another group would come behind them and their shield, they wouldn't keep it in front, they would put their shield on top. And so they would connect them and there would be a line of shields covering in the front and on top. And it would scare the enemy because the enemy didn't know what to do and they would begin to march let's march and they would march together just steadily going forward thank you guys and church that is a picture of what happens when we join our faith together stop being individual soldiers for christ and join your faith with the person next to you your husband your wife coming together with your family, coming together at church, and I ask you, church, join your faith to my shield of faith. I want to see the coronavirus gone in the name of Jesus. I want to see people coming through the back doors that have a, have, hopelessness and i want them to encounter jesus in this place i want the people to come in that we've never seen before run to the altar and give their hearts and lives to jesus christ i want to see people coming in in wheelchairs and walking out whole i want to see blinded eyes open and deaf ears open i want to see the miraculous that's what god says he does I'm not saying that, He says that. And He tells us to join our faith together and believe God. And church, I'm believing God for revival. I'm believing God for a move in our valley. This week, I met two individuals that have just moved here One from the other side of the world. The other one from down south. And both of them, when I met them and talked to them, told me that God stirred their hearts to move here because they believe that God's going to bring revival to Wasilla. Nothing is impossible for our God. Amen? Nothing's impossible for our God. And I want you to join your shield of faith. First of all, I want you to make sure your shield isn't the teeny weeny fancy one. Because I'm sad to say, but some Christians are walking around with shields that are teeny weeny fancy ones. Instead of getting that one that's woven together, that's soaked and rubbed in oil, that's saturated in the water so it has the anointing of God and has the Word of God saturating and they're ready for battle. Amen? So they're ready to go forward. They're ready for whatever the enemy throws at them. And it will quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Everybody say all. 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 Say it again all the fiery darts of the enemy. I want to ask the worship team to come. Church, I grew up in a house of faith. I've shared that when I was a little boy and I would get sick, my mother would go get my grandfather and bring him in. And he would anoint me with oil. And he would begin to pray. And he would pray for a while and he would stop and he would look at me and say, Milt, do you feel any better? And many times I said yes, I feel relief. And if I said no, he'd pray some more. And he'd keep praying until relief began to come. I grew up in a home of faith. And I challenge you, make sure your home is a home where you don't have shiny little faith Shields hanging on the wall. But you've got your shield of faith for battle. You're carrying it. You're ready to encounter the enemy. And you're ready to push back the darkness. Amen? In closing, I'm going to ask the Dunn family to come up. This is their last Sunday. They're moving to Pennsylvania. And one of the things we love to do is to pray and to bless those that, that leave our, our church family. We, we send them out in prayer, believing God's going to use them. They're going to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a beautiful state. And we believe that God's going to use them there. Amen? And we're believing that for every family that God sends some place out of our body, that God's going to bring ten more in. Amen. So I want you to join with me right now. Father, we just thank You for the Dunn family. We thank You for Nate and Alexa. Lord, we thank You for their children. Lord, we thank You that they are people of faith. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that their faith would be anointed by Your Spirit and saturated with the Word of God. I pray, Lord, that whatever they encounter, Lord, they're, they're ready for battle. That that shield For battle is always there hanging on their belt and in an instant can be deployed into the situation. Lord, I bless them with health and strength and wholeness. I bless them emotionally with all the stress in life. I bless them, Lord, Lord, financially that You would meet every need that they have. And Lord, I pray that their children would grow to be mighty men and women of God. That they would see their parents' faith. And Lord, that they would follow them in that life of faith and trust in You. Lord, we just thank You for them. And we just bless them. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Love you. God bless you. We're going to miss you. <laughs> I wish I had that much hair. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. As we close today, I want to ask you, is there a battle that you're facing? Is there an area that you recognize that you need to come and pray with someone? That you need to join your shield of faith with their shield of faith today and trample down the enemy? We have a prayer team member across the back and across the front. They're here because they love You and they're people of prayer and they just want to agree in whatever area you need prayer today. And I want to pray with you right now. Will you stand with me? Lord, I just thank You for everyone that's here today. I don't believe it's an accident that You brought them here. This may be their first time here, but Lord, You had a purpose. And So Lord, I just thank You and I bless them today, each and every one that's here. And I pray, Lord, that they would join their shield of faith with my shield of faith. Lord, that we would go forward with our our shields anointed with a fresh touch of Jesus. That our shields would be saturated with the Word of God. Lord, that our shields would be held out in front of us. They would cover us completely. That there would not be one area where the enemy can, can get around our shield of faith and penetrate our life. And Lord, if there are those here today that they've experienced an arrow, a lie of the enemy in their life, and they've, they've been struggling with believing that lie, I pray, Lord, that right now You would break off. Break off that arrow of the enemy. Break off that lie right now and totally set them free from that lie. Lord, let them believe Your promises for them Believe Your Word for their lives. And Lord, our hearts do hunger for a move of God. We hunger for revival. And so Lord, we join our shields of faith together to push back the darkness in this day. And to see a mighty victory of God in Jesus' precious name. As the worship team begins to play, if you have a need and you want to agree with them, we're not going to spend a long time, but we want to give you time to pray today if you have a need. Mitch, would you lead us? If you don't have a need today, just join in and worship the Lord for another couple of minutes. Tell Him how much you love Him.